Welcome to Grace Community Church On Demand, the weekly podcast from the Sunday services at Grace Community Church in Rupert, Idaho. Here at Grace, we believe in building the kingdom of God one person at a time. We're passionate about loving God, loving people, and following Jesus. Let's get into this week's message with Pastor Travis Turner. Well, good morning, Grace Church. Good morning from the kitchen table of Pastor Travis and Tina. Um, we are still getting used to this coronacation. I don't know about you, but we have certainly been getting some uh, things done around the house here that, that, that probably have needed some of our attention for a long time, and it feels good. And um, But I just want to welcome you this morning. I want to say a big thank you for tuning in and being a part of our um, our online campus. That's what we're calling this now. It's uh, it's not just church, not just Grace Church, but it's Grace Church and their online campus. So if you would take a moment and um, right at the bottom of this stream, you can share this to your your page or you can start a watch party, but. Um, but we would really love for you just to take a quick moment and um, and share this so that some of your friends, family, uh, other people can also tune in and be a part of this service as well. Also, if you would like a, um, a copy of my um, notes that I'm going to be sharing today, um, you can text this number 208-481-8. 8110 once again 2084818110 and then on the um in the in the the uh the body section um of the text message just type in the word notes 1 n o t e s 1 with no spaces and um and then we'll give you information fill out the form and and we'll send you an email with the uh, with the notes so you can follow along and so um, anyhow, I'm super excited to be here with you all this morning. Let me go ahead and pray for us. Lord, we thank you for today. God, we thank you for your word that is always on time. We thank you, Lord, for your word that is powerful, God. God, we thank you for this Palm Sunday, Lord. And we just ask that, that as we enter into this week, God, that we would just be focused on the cross of Jesus Christ and the the amazing sacrifice that was that was done for all mankind and 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 what that represents to those that will just simply believe and receive you as Lord and Savior. God, I pray for every single person that is uh, that's viewing this this morning. I pray that the power of God would just move um, today and would just fill the places in which people are tuning in and viewing. God, we honor you, Lord. We love you. We bless you in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. Um, I want to give a big shout out to all the people that have been doing um, and participating in our Grace uh, 1010, our 10-minute daily devotion. I don't know about you, but I have thoroughly just enjoyed uh, those devotions. Give a big shout out to all of our leaders that are that are preparing those and putting those together. They're doing just a fine job. Today, we're going to continue in a series that I started called Forgiven. And today, what I want to talk about is I want to talk about thriving 
in God's house or thriving in the house of the Lord. And, and you're thinking, what an interesting message because we can't even go into the house of the Lord. And this is the, this is the main reason why I wanted to, why I wanted to talk about this topic today. Um, I want you to know that we should not be discouraged. Um, I believe that in short order, whether it's a month or three months or four months, whatever that looks like, in short order, we are going to be back together, come on, worshiping corporately in the house of the Lord. And so stay encouraged um, in that. I know that this is all different, and but I, I want you to know that God is sufficient and he's been with us. And, and man, we see the church completely activated and people are getting creative on on um, on how they're getting the gospel message out and how they're serving one another. And so when the church doors open back up and we're able to go in corporately to worship again together, let's not forget some of these things that we've that we've learned during this this uh, this trying time but things will return to normal i want you to know that as a as a pastor um, I absolutely love the ministry. Um, I love encouraging people. I love sharing God's word with people. Um, I will be honest. Sometimes it can be it can be frustrating, but I can't imagine doing anything uh, other than you know, other than what I'm doing. I mean, I believe I'm 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 operating in what God has called me to do. And um, I was thinking about this last night that that even before I surrendered my heart to the Lord, even before that happened, I've always loved church buildings. I remember I was stationed in the United States Marine Corps in the Philippines, and um, we went out to this old village, a small little village out in the middle of the jungle, and we found a, a, an old Catholic church. I mean, this Catholic church must have been hundreds and hundreds of years old, uh, older than than most things that we've got. I mean, it's just, it's, it was just very old. And so I was able to go inside and see some of the, you know, the statues that were formed. And although they were not perfect, they were still well done and, and they were painted. And, and I'm thinking, man, this is a piece of history. And uh, man, I just loved it. And I've loved the church buildings because it's a place that represents where God meets with his people. And so I love church buildings. It's where it, it's a place where God meets with his people. And, and um, it's interesting. I was also thinking that over the last 15 years um, or so, we've seen some interesting buildings turned into church buildings. I'll give you a couple of examples. Number one, we've seen movie theaters. You know, people have, uh, there's big, been a big shift over the last 15 years. A lot of people, you know, have, have are having church in, in movie theaters. And what a great concept and an idea is that. But just think about this. Saturday night, they might be playing Psycho. And then Sunday morning, singing praises to the Lord. A second place that we see um, that's kind of interesting is is a lot of bars are having church services on Sunday. And so you've got vodka and you've got Tito's in the background and you've got Jack Daniels, you know, kind of all displayed in the back. They're probably covering all that up, but they've got the chairs spread out across the dance floor. And, and um, how many of you know 
that that Sunday morning when that bar is used as a, uh, a place of worship, how many of you know that I believe that that is holy ground, at least on that Sunday, on that Sunday morning. But, uh, but we're seeing some interesting things, you know, take place. And I just want you to know this, that God loves the church. We know that we are the church, but he also loves, I believe, the house of worship where people collectively and corporately get together, come on to worship him. Paul in Ephesians 5, he shows us just how much God loves the church. He said, he said this, husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for us. And so he shows the love that he has with the church by, by, by showing us, you know, giving us a comparison of a love that a man has for his wife so much that Christ died for the church, meaning that he laid down his life on the cross of, of, of Christ. Come on. He's talking about the cross here. And, um, and so I just want to make this point that you cannot say that you love Jesus, but don't love the church. It, 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 they're, they're not in, you know, you can't separate the two. They're inseparable. You can't love that you, you say that you love Jesus, but you, but you don't like, um, the church. Come on. You just can't do that. There's no power. There's no institution that can match the power of the church. In Matthew chapter 16 and verse 18, the Bible says this. And I also say to you that you are Peter. And on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of Hades. Uh, some translations say the gates of hell will not prevail against it. If you were to study the culture back in this back in this time, what you'll find is is, um, you know, the study of the gates of hell. Um, the gates were the place outside the city, come on, where, where, um, where, where older men would meet businessmen, um, you know, they would, they would meet and they would plan. And, and these were city leaders. They would get together and they would discuss business. Um, come on. It was a place of government. A lot of governing took place, um, at the, at the gates. It wasn't just, you know, something swinging in an open archway, um, in a wall. Um, this was a place um, you know, the, 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 you know, plans were discussed. And so what I really feel that this is saying that all of the governments of hell, all of the plans of hell, all the schemes of hell, all the things that Satan wants to do to kill, steal, and destroy will not prevail against the church. I don't know about you, but that just kind of excites me just a little bit. Come on, all of the plans, come on. And there's a lot of planning going against you and I right now. But I want you to take refuge and take hope in the fact that, that those plans will not prevail against the church. Come on, the church is the most powerful vehicle to extend the message of God in the earth. And so I'm challenging us as the body of Christ, individually and corporately, let's be about God's business. Amen. So one of the greatest uh, lovers of the church or fans of the church that, uh, you know, when I read my Bible, one of the greatest is, um, is King David. And, and all throughout the Psalms and, and, and different things that, you know, you know, David was about, come on, he wrote a lot about the church. Here's, here's, here's 
one right here, Psalm 23 and verse six, it says, surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Someone say house of the Lord and then say forever. In the uh, in a different version, the contemporary English version, it says this in verse six, your kindness and love will always be with me each day of my life. And I will live forever in your house Oh Lord. And then the amplified version, it says like the same passage, it says goodness and mercy and unfailing love shall follow me all the days of my life. And through the length of my days, the house of the Lord and his presence shall be my dwelling place. Come on in the amplified, it says that the house of the Lord and his presence. See, these are synonymous, the house of God and the presence of God. I mean, think about this in the days of, of David, um, you know, the, the, the house of the Lord was nothing more than a tent. Come on. It was a tent that was erected and, and, and it was a tent that was brought down when it was time to, you know, when it was time to move, but this tent, it was, it was, it was a place that housed the presence of God or the ark of the of the covenant. And I just want you to know that David absolutely loved going to that place, come on, that specific place and 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 just enjoying the presence of the Lord. Um, come on, he 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 was in love with that. And I want you to know that that while we are the church, come on, the the the, the spirit of God dwells in this body, come on, not a body that's erected with the hands of men, but it dwells in this body. I want you to know that God also um, loves certain places. Like I believe in holy spots, or I would call them just special spots where God come on meets um, with people. This is these are places that God establishes um, as 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 more significant maybe than than other places. I remember when I was first saved, I worked at uh, at Micron. Uh, PC at the time and and um, and I just got saved and I couldn't I couldn't get enough of my Bible and um, there was a cemetery and while this sounds really strange it was super uh, uh, it was a beautiful uh, time that I had with the Lord for a long period of time I would go over on my lunch break and um, and I would read my Bible for a half hour and then I'd walk amongst the the tombs for you know for a half hour and just look at the headstones and how long this person lived and and God did something significant in my life during this time, but this was a place where the Lord met with me and, um, and I can never drive by that cemetery in Meridian without thinking about that special time that was, you know, that was, that was spent there. Come on, Jacob, um, you know, he was, he was going towards Haran and he got tired one night and laid his head upon a, uh, a rock and he saw a vision where, where angels were ascending and descending and, and, um, and, and he changed that name of that place to, to, he called it Bethel, which means the house of God. And so that was a significant and a special place in the old Testament. People would build, you know, they would stack rocks to, you know, just to remind them of what happened in a certain place. I got a question for you. Where is a special place? Come on. The God is, the God has met with you. 
Where is that? Where's a place where, where you're just like, man, this place was significant. I know whenever I'm, you know, stressed out and going through some difficult times, I'll just go into our, our sanctuary, you know, even with the lights turned out and just spend a few moments there because, because it's quiet and it's a place where God meets with people. But where is a place that, uh, that, that you meet with God where something significant has happened, um, in your life? You see, David's view of the church was it was a meeting place. And here's a couple of scriptures that, that really just drive that home. David says that God's presence dwells in his house. In Psalm 26 and 8, it says God's protection is in his house. Psalm 27, 4 and, uh, you know, through 5, God's provision is there. Psalms 36 and verse 8, we get the joy of God in his, in his house. Come on, God's house is filled with amazing things and, and, and incredible opportunities are created, are created there. And, um, and I just love that Psalm 92 and verse 12 says this, the righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall still bear fruit in their old age. Come on, people that are over 50. Um, they shall be, they shall be fresh and flourishing. Come on. That's not talking about just frequenting a church building and it's not talking about, you know, um, fulfilling religious obligation. Come on. That's not what it's talking about. What it's talking about here is being invested and being connected. Come on to the body of Christ, which is called the church. Come on. It's about moving and being and breathing and, and, and we're a part of something that is bigger than than any any one of these things. Come on, it's it's about being apart and connected. You know, we've heard so many times, and I hear this all the time. You know, hey, pastor, you know, I'm just not the I'm just not the church going type. And then usually something will follow that. It'll, you know, they'll say something. Like, you don't have to go to church, you know, to be saved. And, and they're almost, you know, the way that they say it is they're saying it in a way that they, they're, they're searching for agreement. Like you agree with me, right? Like, well, like I'm saying, you agree with me, right? And this is what I'll say to that is, is that, that, um, that the church by itself never saved anybody. Come on. Jesus Christ is the one that saves us. But I will say this, that you will never be what you are called to be. You'll never reach your full potential until you are planted in the house of the Lord. Come on. It is important. Being planted is important. Planted means this, to be set firmly in the soil for growth. That's what you do with the seed. You set it firmly in the soil for growth. And you're supposed to be as a Christian planted in the house of the Lord. You see the soil without seed, you know, nothing happens, even though it has all the nutrients and, and there's some pretty cool things in the soil, but the soil without the seed, nothing happens. And guess what? The seed without the soil, nothing happens. Come on. It does nothing. You know, I, I remember growing up as a, as a, a young boy and uh, my dad, when I would visit him, my dad, he would, uh, he would have the seed box and, and there were trays that pulled out and, and you would pull these out and he would have seeds, just packets and packets and packets of seeds. They were big, big time gardeners and, 
And, um, and I guarantee you this, if I was to go over to his house today, and uh, I guarantee you he would still have that same seed box and probably some of the same seed that I, that I remember when I was eight years old. So 30, 40 years ago, 40 years ago, my goodness, 40 years ago, man, I just dated myself. 40 years ago, that seed was in the same spot. And guess what? You open that seed up, that pack it up, and those seeds are going to be the same that they were 40 years ago. But I'm telling you this, when you take that seed, that 40-year-old seed, and you put it into the soil, come on, that's when a, mir a miracle takes place. Something, something incredible happens at that at that moment it is it, it's it's phenomenal it is nothing short of uh of a miracle and so so i'm just saying this that the two need to be put together and when we plant ourselves in the local church it also produces something powerful um, i want to share this point with you here and um, that is this that the seed carries the life and the soil carries the nutrients. In Genesis, the Bible says this, that the life of the seed is within itself. I want you to know this, church, that the, that the, the life and the potential, everything that God, come on, has created you to be is already inside of you. He has put it in the seed. Uh, that's, that's so powerful. But the church is the soil, and the soil is going to draw the life out of the seed. I believe the church is going to challenge you up. It's going to teach you. It's going to encourage you. There's going to be iron sharpening iron as one person sharpens another. Come on, the church is the soil and the soil draws the life out of the seed. There's three things that, uh, that the soil does for the seed. Number one, it holds it in place. Go ahead and give your neighbor an elbow high five and say it holds it in place. The second thing that it does is it has to be flexible enough. So it holds it in place, but it, but it's got to be also loose enough that it allows the roots to go down deep and the blooms to go up, uh, upwards. And, um, so it embraces, but it doesn't constrict. And the third thing that it does is it provides the seed with the right nutrients, the right environment for growth. So number one, it holds us in place. Come on. The body of Christ, it literally wraps its arms arms around us. Every single one of us has gone through some difficult times some struggled, uh, you know, some very tough and struggling situations in life. How great is it for the body of Christ? Come on to support one another. Come on. It, it holds us in place. It supports us. The second thing is, is it doesn't constrict us. Come on, I've, I've been a part of and heard of some churches that, that man, it, it, it holds you in is so tight that you can't get those roots down deep and those blooms up. It's all about the do's and the don'ts. It's very, uh, oppressive. Uh, it almost gives you the, 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 you know, the, the, the feeling of being suffocated. You can never do enough right. And, and it's not all about that. But I'm just saying a healthy church, I don't think it looks like that. And the third thing is that, uh, uh, that it provides key ingredients for um, our our full potential. Come on, God's word needs to be in the house of the Lord. The Holy Spirit needs to be present. Come on, I remember it was about 
about a year ago, a good friend of mine, Pastor Daryl Carnley, called me and he said, Hey, listen, whatever you do, come on, don't forget the Holy Spirit. See, he had been, he had moved and he was, he was uh, trying to find a new church. And it's just like most of the churches had removed the, the ministry of the Holy Spirit from the service. I'll never, I'll never forget that. And then we need fellowship. Come on, we need encouragement. Come on, one with another. We need friendships. And um, while we're challenged with that right now, I promise you this, we're going to get back to it. Amen. So those three things, Jesus gives us an example. He says this in, um, in the book of Luke chapter eight in verse four, he says this, Jesus is telling a story to drive home a point. And he says this in this parable, one day Jesus told the story in the form of a parable to a large crowd that had gathered from many towns to hear him. A farmer went out to plant his seed. As he scattered it across the field, some seed fell on the footpath where it was stepped on and the birds ate it. And other seed fell among the rocks and uh, it began to grow, but the plant soon wilted and died because of lack of moisture. Other seed fell among the thorns and it grew up and it was choked out. Uh, The thorns choked out the tender plants. In verse 8, it says, still other seed fell on fertile soil. This seed grew up and produced a crop that was a hundred times as much as had been planted. When he had said this, he called out, anyone with ears to hear, let them listen and understand. So let me just hit this real quick. The first seed landed on what we would maybe call the sidewalk. And there was no chance for that seed, you know what I mean, to, you know, to grow up and the birds came and ate it. The second seed, it fell on what we would call stony soil, a lot of rocks and a lot of hard packed soil. And it was, it was so dense that it could not, you know, get those roots, you know, to drive down deep and, and, uh, and it just burnt up. And the third one, um, was it was planted amongst the thorns and the thorns grew up and, and, and choked out those, those, those little, uh, you know, seed plants. And the fourth one was good soil. And this is what I want to talk to you about more today. Good soil. Come on, when planted, when a seed that's planted in good soil, come on, when it's planted properly in, in soil that has incredible um, nutrients, then there's a miracle that takes place. Come on, it produces a hundredfold, the Bible says. Come on, you can wander around as a person for years trying to do better. I remember this before I was, you know, before I surrendered and got planted in the house of the Lord, trying to do better. You know what I mean? Trying to do life alone. And, 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 uh, and, and, and while sometimes good things would come out of that, come on, I really didn't get very far. I never got any, any traction. Um, come on, trying to do your best for God alone and not a whole lot changed. But when you're planted in the house of the Lord, I look back and there's been tremendous growth, not only in my own life, but I can't even tell you how many people have come to serve the Lord because of the goodness of God in and through my life. Not because I'm good, but because of the goodness of God in and through my life. We've seen a lot of people come to Jesus because of him saving him saving me. He's used us, come on, the broken vessel, the broken seed to bring about incredible life for other people. John chapter 12 and verse 24 says it like this. Jesus said, I tell you the truth, unless a kernel of wheat 
is planted in the soil and dies, it remains alone, the Bible says. But its death will produce many new kernels, a plentiful harvest of new lives. Come on. You know, whenever it says dies, it does not mean cease to exist. You know, when something dies, it doesn't cease um, to exist. It means the breaking open of the outer shell. Come on, this happens only in the soil. It doesn't happen in that seed packet. It doesn't happen in a drawer, you know, that you've got, you know, set up in your garage. It's not going to happen there. But when it's in the soil, when it's planted in good soil, come on, that, that outer shell breaks open and it results in many, many more lives being saved. I love that. The same version here in the Amplified, it says, or the same text in the Amplified, it says this, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains just one grain. It never becomes more, but lives by itself alone. But if it dies, it produces many others and yields a rich harvest. This is what it's saying. It says that the seed has to commit to the soil to reach its full potential. I want you to listen to that again. The seed has to commit to the soil to reach its full potential, to see the full potential inside of it. So I'm going to share with you this in closing. Five things. Give me, give me three and a half more minutes or maybe five more minutes, maybe six. Five things um, to look for in a church. Number one, very important, make sure that the word of God is preached in that church. Come on, on this, um, on this Palm Sunday, as we're entering into just an incredible week and, and powerful things, like the best thing that I could give you is a challenge to get into God's word every single day this week. Do the devotions that we're doing with Grace 1010, but also, man, gather your families around and read, you know, read read different stories in the Bible. You know, we're sending out some devotions. You're going to get some devotions this week. Be looking on Facebook and, and on our website, some different devotions that you can do as a family. And, and But make sure that whatever, you know, when you're getting planted into a house, make sure that the word of God is preached there and, and preached in a way that really ministers to you. Come on, it needs, there needs to be be truth. We need to preach the full gospel um, because the word is the only eternal value that a person can give you, right? Like I can, I can give you philosophies and this is what Travis thinks and, and this is what so-and-so thinks. But I'm telling you what, when I give you the word of God, when we preach the word of God, then what happens there is I'm giving you something that is eternally valuable. And it's not a thought. I'm giving you the truth and I'm giving you power in Jesus name. Isn't that awesome? Come on. So we've got the word. Let's use the word. Let's make sure we're getting into his word. Jesus said, heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will not. Come on. We need to be in a church that produces and preaches the word of God in a way that we can understand it. Number two is worship. Come on. I was just visiting with Matthew this morning and, and, um, and just being, you know, on this coronation and we're doing all the separation and being careful as we should. I'm telling you, one of the things that I've realized is how much 
I miss corporate worship. And we're going to have worship next Sunday on Easter Sunday. We're going to have worship playing so that you can worship in the comfort of your own home. I challenge you this. Don't just listen to the music. Come on, lift your hands and just prepare your hearts just to just to receive the word. Worship God. Come on for who he is. He is taking care of you. He is providing for you. He is good. And um, and let's worship him. You're going to have some songs that you can worship to this next week, but uh, I can't wait till we corporately get back into the house of the Lord and we can worship together. Church, I want you to know that Tina and I, we miss you very much. Not only do we miss you, but we've been praying for you. And we're looking forward to the day that we can get back together and worship. We are so blessed to have the worship team that we have. And they do such an incredible job of ushering in the presence of God. And and I just miss that. I miss it. You know, I turn it on my TV and it's good. But there's something about being in the house of God with other believers worshiping. And that's coming. We're going we're gonna to be back in no time. Um, but, uh, but I continue to see that on Facebook and people that I talk to, they're always telling me, man, I miss worshiping with our church family. And I do too, but we're coming back. Number three is this vision. Come on. You need to be part of a, of a, of a church. Come on. That has vision. They're involved and they're making a difference in their, in their community. Come on they're They've got plans. Come on. The Lord is speaking and they're doing their best to, you know, to be obedient, to walk out that vision. The church is going someplace and, and um, they're reaching and they're serving. And, and uh, I'm just so grateful that God has given us a strong vision at Grace Church. Number four is leadership. Leadership is important. Come on, make sure the leaders are strong. They're committed. I'm not talking perfect, but they're committed. They're strong. Wrong. You know what I mean? They're humble. They've got good character. Um, you know, they, 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 you can see the fruits of the spirit at work in their life, but that's super, super important. Um, uh, I'm just, you know, not to go into this a lot, but sometimes church can, can, can miss, um, you know, the, one of the greatest, characteristics, which, which is love. Um, I, re, I re just remember being a part of a church at a certain time and, and we ended up leaving that church. And, and, and when we left that church, man, we were, there was just, there was no love. Um, you know, we were, we were kind of shunned by, by some of the people that still remained and, and we didn't leave mad or angry. There was nothing wrong, but we just ended up leaving. And I'm just saying this, that it's very important. Come on, that as the body of Christ, that we have the characteristics of Christ at, at, in, in operation in our life. So, so leadership. The, the fifth one is atmosphere. Come on. Is the environment life-giving? Is it fun? Is it friendly? Is it spirit-filled? Is it spirit-led? Um, come on. I just want you to know, church, that, that we love our church family. and We're so grateful that you are online with us. I want you to know this, that God is still in control. And, um, 
And like I said, I think that we are, we're getting outside the, we're being forced outside the four walls. And, um, and I think honestly, a lot more is being done, um, as far as the advancement of the kingdom. I know this, that in, in history, historically, when the church is under pressure, it seems like when it, you know, that's whenever it, it thrives the most. And so I believe that a lot of people are giving their hearts to Jesus and, and, um, and they're surrendering and saying, listen, my life is not my own and and um, and people are 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 loving better and we're serving better and and I can't even tell you how many how many you know people have just reached out saying hey pastor you doing okay and and uh, we've been doing the same and but you can do the same just you know if you haven't made very many phone calls make some phone calls what you're gonna see is that 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 people are gonna appreciate you so much just for thinking um, about them and um, and and I'm just grateful for our church. I'm grateful for Grace Community Church in Rupert, Idaho, that's making a difference all over the world. Come on, we got people, you know, tuning in right now all over, all over the place. And, um, and the word of God that is being preached and the worship that goes out from this place and the prayer chains that, that take place in Grace Community Church are making an eternal difference in people's lives. The best thing that I can do today is just give you an opportunity to respond, not only to this message, but to Jesus Christ himself. Like, listen, if you, if you don't know if you're, if you're saved and, and if, if, if the world was to come to an end tomorrow, which I don't think it, it, it's going to, but let's just say your world comes to an end tomorrow. Would you be saved? Come on. Do you know Jesus? Do you know him as your Lord and personal savior? Come on, do you know that? Is there, is there a sense of, of belonging? And if there's not, if, if that brings up questions or even fear, I want you to know this, that the Lord loves you so much that, and we're celebrating it this next week, this whole, this whole week. Come on, he loved you so much that he went to a cross to lay down his life. The Bible says that no man took his life, but he willfully gave it up so that you and I and anybody else that would believe in him could live, that we would not perish, but we would have eternal life. And I can tell you this, I've never been to heaven. I've not even had a vision of heaven. I've heard some pretty cool visions of it, but I can tell you this, that eternity is a long time and heaven is going to be so much greater than anything that we've ever experienced. I believe that just because God's word speaks of some pretty cool things. But listen, if you don't know if you're saved, you need to really consider, like right now, don't even wait till later on today. You need to consider giving your heart to Jesus and just repenting of your sins and saying, God, I'm a sinner. I am a broken, messed up individual. But Lord, I know that you love me and you died for me. And I'm asking you to forgive me of my sins. Like you can pray that right now, right with me. In fact, let's just do that collectively. God, I'm a sinner and I'm a broken, messed up individual. But I know that you love me so much that you died on that cross for me. And if it was just me, if I was the only one, you would have died on that cross anyway. And Lord, I receive that gift. And I'm asking you to forgive me of my sins, my shortcomings, the lies that I've told, the things that I've done, the, the darkness in my heart. Lord, I'm asking you, God, to forgive me of all that. 
And Lord, I pray that you come in and you dwell in me. God, I, 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 I'm not only asking you just to save me, but I'm asking you to fill me with your spirit to be the Lord of my life. I pray these things right now in Jesus' name. And I want you to know this, that it's all done through a prayer just like that. If you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, the Bible says you will be saved. So pray that prayer right now and believe that what you've prayed is, is, is powerful enough and invite Jesus to come into your Lord and he will do just that. You know what he does? He washes away all your sins, never to bring them up against you again. Next prayer that I would pray is, is uh, Lord, help me to forgive myself. That can be a little bit more of a difficult one. And then the third thing I'd be thinking about is getting baptized. You need to be baptized. If you're buried with Christ, you will also rise again with him in newness of life. So if you've made that decision today, I want you to text that same number, 208-481. I'll put it up on the screen here, 208 481 8110. And in the body of the text, I just want you to write the word saved, text the word saved and send that. You see what that'll do is that'll give me an opportunity to stay in contact with you and walk you through some things and talk to you about some things. And, and I just want to celebrate with you, everybody, even in your own home, wherever you are, celebrate with those people that have made that decision. It's the best decision in your life. But go ahead and text me that and we will, we will uh, stay in contact. But I want you to know that I know for a fact there have been people that made that decision today and I'm praying for you and I'll continue to pray for you. That's it for today's teaching. Hey, here's an idea. Share today's message with a friend or family member. If you're listening from outside our fellowship, we'd love to meet you. Visit graceid.org and hit the contact form to get in touch. We'd also love for you to join us. Services are Sundays at 845 and 11 a.m., as well as our Wednesday evening service at 6.30 p.m. You can even check us out on Facebook Live by searching Facebook for Grace Church Rupert ID. Learn more and plug in at graceid.org. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Grace Community Church.